Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with some potential changes to the housing market, move on to the latest in Republican shenanigans, and follow all of that up with a leaked document outlining Israel's final solution for Gaza. Let's begin, shall we? Once upon a time, Americans dreamed of owning a home. But over the last few years, that dream has become a myth because of stupidly inflated housing prices, interest rate hikes, and not to mention all of those bloated fees buyers and sellers have to pay, we affectionately refer to as closing costs. Those fees the buyer has to pay go to both realtors, even though the buyer only had one realtor representing them throughout the entire transaction. Never seemed fair to me, but apparently a judge in Missouri agrees. On Tuesday, a federal jury in Missouri ruled the National Association of Realtors and other large brokerages conspired to keep home sale commissions artificially high. The case argued that forcing home sellers to pay the commission for the buyer's broker is an anti-competitive restraint and requires those sellers to pay an inflated amount. Sellers have to pay the commission in order to have their home included on the Multiple Listing Service, or MLS, a vast property database that feeds into popular sites like Zillow. What we proved was the National Association of Realtors has joined in a conspiracy with the two of the largest corporate um, real estate brokers to, to use the system to, to fix prices. It could mean a huge change to this commission structure that has been in place for decades. We see this 5 or 6% commission been in place. You know, right now could see a 30% reduction in commissions. Oh, no. Whatever will soccer mom Karens do for money now that realtors and brokers have been exposed for unfairly forcing sellers to pay commissions and now they have to pay both buyer and sellers $1.8 billion in damages. <laughs> Whatever will they do? Well, because realtors got a real estate, it looks like the buyers are going to get the financial brunt of this stick. Never mind inflating prices because of greed or needing another round of Botox. There's already talk that the commission won't be going away or reduced, but rather passed off solely to the buyer because mama needs her money. Now, I wonder how that's going to go down now that it's obvious realtors getting twenty-five dollars to $45,000 in each commission on top of the insanely overpriced houses that they're Hawking happens to be a scam within a scam because over the last few years, the amount of buyers has been slowly dwindling by double digit percentages simply over the fact that Barbara's 1987 split level home obviously isn't worth $750,000 when it hasn't been remodeled since 1995. So it sounds to me like the housing market is about to get weird Kind of like the race for Republican nomination for president. Because between small energy Ron DeSantis wearing wedge heels in his boots to make him appear taller than he is, and entitled immigrant 
Vivek Ramaswamy wanting to force every American child to pass a civics test so they can use their constitutional right to vote. Is it any wonder some contestants are dropping like flies? Case in point, Republican Jesus follower and pastiest VP to ever hold office, Mike Pence. Another Republican presidential candidate suspending his campaign over the weekend. And the field narrows after former Vice President Mike Pence dropped his 2024 bid for the White House. Without him, there are nine Republicans vying to become the GOP's presidential nominee. Pence, who launched his campaign back in early June, was still polling in the single digits. He had raised quite a bit of money, but there were questions about whether he was going to be able to qualify for the third presidential debate. Last June, I announced my intention to seek the Republican nomination for president of the United States because I believe this country is in a lot of trouble. I was raised to believe that to whom much is given, much will be required. I just couldn't sit this one out. So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Now, I'm leaving this campaign, but let me promise you, I will never leave the fight for conservative values. So help me God. <laughs> Only a Republican could say that he's still in a fight as he's leaving out the side door while getting cheers from the audience. <laughs> Which is why, by the way, Republicans always loved the poorly educated. Like those dumbasses in Georgia's 14th district who voted for Mophead Three-Toed Gangrene, who's now walking around the Capitol with giant checks, like she might be auditioning for a gig with Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> Recently, the Neolithic Congresswoman took time on the House floor to show everyone a giant check that she claims is proof President Joe Biden is laundering money from China. Roll tape. The Oversight Committee has indeed brought forward the receipts in our impeachment, impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden. Through our investigation, we have under, uncovered a check to Joe Biden for $200,000. This comes from foreign funds from a country in the Middle East through a struggling company. Another check to Joseph R. Biden for $40,000. This $40,000 is a check written to him by his brother and sister-in-law, Sarah and James Biden. And this check comes from funds directly through money laundering through the CCP. Oh, I bet GED from Georgia thought she had Joe with that giant check made out to Biden's brother James for $200,000. And then the check from James back to Biden for $40,000. I mean, what kind of president, or anyone for that matter, loans his brother $200,000 and what sort of sibling actually pays their brother back in small increments? <laughs> well, according to bank statements, that's exactly what happened. Back in 2017, when Joe Biden was just Joe Biden, he loaned his brother James $200,000. And then James paid his brother back over several installments, the last being the check Moron the Goblin brought to the House floor so she could make up some tinfoil bullshit and yell about it on C-SPAN. 
And while we're on the subject of the never-ending stupidity of maggots, whether in office or trying to get back in, you can always count on Dolt 45 to deliver. To the latest in the federal election interference case against Trump, this is the one brought by special counsel Jack Smith. The gag order in that one on former President Trump has been reinstated after U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin lifted a temporary hold. So the judge reimposed the gag order. So Donald Trump once again is prohibited from talking about the witnesses or the substance of their testimony, the court staff or Jack Smith and his team of federal prosecutors. So now we will sit back and wait to see when, not if, but when, Donald Trump violates the newly imposed gag order. One hour later. After she made the ruling, he goes and he posts about his former attorney general, Bill Barr. And I quote, I call Bill Barr dumb, weak, slow, moving, lethargic, gutless, and lazy, an all caps rhino who couldn't do the job. Bill Barr obviously is relevant in all these cases, obviously a, a potential witness. <laughs> Seriously, you're not surprised. I'm not surprised. The only place this oversized gourd has left to old man rant is his Twitter knockoff website and whatever podium he happens to be holding on to while he's pretending to stand up like a normal person. What I can't understand is why old drinks with two hands isn't in jail for violating the terms of his release. In the federal case against Scooby Coo brought by special counsel Jack Smith, Violating the gag order against him appears to be second nature, and if this were anyone else, their ass would be in jail without access to a phone, which is what should be happening, right? <laughs> Whatever it means to have a fair trial, it obviously isn't happening here. Although federal prosecutors in the cases against the heads of Oath Keepers and Proud Boys who have already been convicted of sedition and sentenced to 18 years each are requesting those sentences be extended by about 10 years each. I'm asking why can't Eric's dad wait out in a four by six while he's waiting for his trial date? I mean, just like anyone else who would violate their terms of release in the way that he has. Because Clown Ligula is out there showing his tendency toward dementia with an incoherent old man dribble that he's been spewing every single time someone lets this commander in cheese near a microphone. Roll tape. Donald Trump just gave a speech in which he warmly praised Viktor Orban, not as the leader of Hungary, but as the leader of Turkey. Viktor Orban is not the leader of Turkey. You know, I was very honored as a man. Viktor Orban, did ever, anyone ever hear of him? He's probably like one of the strongest leaders anywhere in the world. And he's the leader of Turkey, fronts on both Russia. Trump incorrectly said Hungary shares a border with Russia. Now you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. He made a number of verbal missteps, suggesting that he was running against Barack Obama. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. He appeared to forget which state he was in, saying he was in Sioux Falls, which is located in South Dakota, while he was actually speaking from Sioux City, Iowa. You know how you spell us, right? You spell us U.S. I just picked that up. Has anyone ever thought of that? A couple of days I'm reading and it said us. And I said, you know, if you think about it, us equals U.S. Their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. The windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving the whales, I think, a little batty. And for those of you in the back, 
I think it says more about Republican voters that this Floridian fondler is projected to become their nominee for president than they'd like to admit publicly. Specifically, how interesting it is that they don't trust the government unless one of their own is running the joint, and how they insist America is a Christian nation while also ignoring every time our founding fathers wrote down how they opposed America becoming an ethno-state. Because no one has ever accused Yal-Qaeda of being smarter than a fifth grader, and the rest of us, not a Republican Americans, apparently weren't prepared for the lengths these Christian extremists were willing to go to colonize our country. For example, it took three weeks for Republicans in the House to agree to the best replacement for the worst Kevinist speaker, and that happens to be shorter than I thought representative from Louisiana, who's got the biggest heart on for Jesus I've ever seen outside of a 700 Club episode. Here is some of what newly crowned Speaker Mike, Small King Energy Johnson, had to say about America's religious purpose. Curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. That's what I believe. Jefferson clearly did not mean that metaphorical wall was to keep religion from influencing issues of civil government. To the contrary, it was meant to keep the federal government from impeding the religious practice of citizens. The founders wanted to protect the church from an encroaching state, not the other way around. The Ark Encounter is one way to bring people to this recognition of the truth that, you know, what we read in the Bible are actual historical events. We live in a postmodern culture, and postmodernism is defined by the absence of truth. You know what that makes the claims of the Bible? Inherently intolerant. Well, we're the in inherently intolerant ones who say, wait a minute, life is sacred because we're endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. Oh, you bigot, can't you be a little more open-minded? Come on, that's so like 18th century, you know. They told us that if we didn't maintain those 18th century values, that the Republic would not stand. And so this is the condition we find ourselves in today. And no thanks to Jesus Freak Johnson, we may be entering the colonization phase of our white supremacy, because apparently that includes helping a genocidal occupation happening in the Middle East with billions of dollars of reappropriated taxpayer money. I did not stutter. I am referring to the 14 point something billion dollars that was supposed to go toward making sure wealthy Americans and corporations pay their fair share of taxes. But if Mikey has his way, this will be used as leverage or as little Johnson explained to Fox never was a news channel viewers. My intention and my desire in the first uh, draft of this bill is to take some of the money that has been set aside for the IR building and bulking up the IRS right now. They have about $67 billion in that fund, and we'll, we'll try to take the 14.5 necessary for this immediate and urgent need. We'll deal with the rest of that issue later. Do you think that will drive away some Democrats in the Senate even or here in the House? It may, but my intention is to call uh, Leader Schumer over there and have a very uh, direct and thoughtful conversation about this. I understand their priority is to bulk up the IRS, um, but I think if you put this to the American people and they weigh the two needs, I think they're going to say standing with Israel and protecting the innocent uh, over there is in our national interest and is a more immediate need than IRS agents. Um, I'm an American people, and I'm going to say, 
all the no's. Helping Israel commit genocide against Palestinians is not a more pressing issue than losing $90 billion in tax revenue from the wealth class in America because we defunded the IRS, which is something you wanted to do anyway. And let's be honest, like Mitch the Freeze McConnell was with Josh Hawley over his new bill that proposes corporations should not be allowed to dump massive amounts of cash into political campaigns. <laughs> yes, that is a real bill introduced by the guy who gave a fist bump to the January 6th insurrectionists before they stormed the Capitol and then was caught on camera running away from the rioters like he was back in track and field. <laughs> but that's not even the most shocking part of the story. Glitchy McConnell did not freeze up once when he laid into Holly during a closed-door meeting with Republicans and said this. During a Republican caucus lunch meeting, where McConnell lashed out at Republican Senator Josh Hawley and then proceeded to issue a warning to the entire Republican caucus in the Senate. McConnell reportedly told Hawley the only reason that he is in the Senate at all is due to the Senate leadership fund, which can take unregulated, unlimited contributions for candidates and campaigns. Do you not realize that the only reason you're even in the Senate is because the wealthy donors bought that seat for you? If we don't have that corporate money, they can't buy elections and buy by Republican party at that point. You know, for someone who hits the pause button quite frequently when he's in front of news reporters, McConnell sure finds his voice when it comes to how much money his benefactors can pay for his job. <laughs> and it's hilariously cognizant of the old timer from Kentucky to admit the only reason why he has that job in the first place is because billionaires paid for his seat. <laughs> Maybe Holly should take some time off from running his insurrectionist scheduling to take a cue from Speaker Revelations Johnson, who is looking to give billionaires another tax cut by getting rid of the IRS funding so no one can make sure the rich pay their fair share, while simultaneously making sure the rapture takes place by funding Israel's wipe of every Palestinian off the face of the earth campaign. But hey, don't take my word for it. From the skies, a punishing air campaign continues tonight with a strike that killed many Palestinians in the northern part of the Gaza Strip. An Israeli strike hit the Jabalia refugee camp, where Israel said it targeted Hamas infrastructure. Israel not denying its forces hit the camp, calling it a known Hamas stronghold. Israel blamed Hamas for the civilian deaths, saying Hamas uses civilians as human shields. The camp is full of apartment buildings. The blast also killed and wounded hundreds of civilians. Hospital says dozens are dead and hundreds injured. And this is why I said earlier all the no's. Because I don't want misappropriated tax dollars to go toward the systematic murder of innocent Palestinians, mostly women and children. But here we are, folks. And while Israel has not stopped bombing, they've stopped counting how many bombs they've dropped after 6,000 were deployed in the first three weeks of their attack. So it's obvious to me what's going on over there. And I think it's obvious to other people what's going on over there. 
However, if you speak to an advisor to Israel's genocidal leader, he'll gaslight you into thinking the airstrike on Jabalia was really Israel, you know, getting underground, even though the crater shows that it, it came from the sky. It actually came from under. You know what? He can explain it better than I. Gaza Health Ministry said the Jabalia refugee camp in the north was hit by a massive blast. The IDF, however, put out a statement saying that they had killed about 50 terrorists. Can you first of all confirm that this refugee camp was indeed hit by Israeli rocket fire? I can, I can tell you we're hitting Hamas targets across uh, uh, northern Gaza. Uh, they have their um, uh, a whole command and control center, underground tunnels. So that when we hit an underground tunnel, sometimes, and in this case, the buildings collapse. Now, if we hit a military target and because it's an underground target, it causes the buildings alongside to collapse. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I, I guess the big crater in the middle of the refugee camp caused by the airstrike was actually just a sinkhole after they blew up the tunnels. Of course, if you believe that load of U.S. supported bullshit, you're really not going to like this leaked document outlining the Israeli government's real intentions for the Gaza Strip and its inhabitants. A secret document put together by the intelligence ministry inside the Israeli government concludes that the best and final solution to the Palestinian problem in Gaza is to remove every last one of them from the area and move them into Egypt. This has been written since the uh, October 7th Hamas attack. The executive summary says... The state of Israel is required to bring about a significant change in the civilian reality in the Gaza Strip in light of the Hamas crimes that led to the Iron Swords War. Therefore, it must decide on a political objective regarding the civilian population in Gaza. So the objective defined by the government requires intensive action to harness the United States and other countries to support this goal. The evacuation of the civilian population from Gaza to Sinai. The option that will yield positive long-term strategic outcomes for Israel and is an executable option, it requires determination from the political echelon in the face of international pressure with the emphasis on harnessing the support of the United States and additional pro-Israeli countries for the endeavor. Oh, so that's why President Biden not only pledged his loyalty to Israel, but also a shit ton of our cash and now U.S. warships and deployed military soldiers are hanging out in the region as a show of force. <laughs> it makes total sense. We are showing solidarity with Israel's final solution for the Palestinian people. And spoiler alert, it's genocide. Now, I do not want you to take my word for this. Here is an Israeli ambassador and Netanyahu's mouthpiece saying the genocide out loud. You don't measure uh, neither the adherence of a nation, uh, the adherence of a nation to the international law by the toll of casualties on the other side. I'm also upset that uh, uh, since uh, October the 7th, uh, the focus uh, at the moment is uh, on the other side. Mm. Uh, people are trying to suggest that there is some sort of uh, moral equivalence. There is no moral equivalence. We are not the victims. Sorry, we are the victims. We are not the aggressor. Uh, but I can tell you that we are not targeting anyone else in Gaza but civilians. Hamas is cynically, uh, but rather, but rather uh, uh, terrorists, of course. Oh, of course, of course. I get you. 
Israel and the Republicans in the United States want us all to believe that there is zero distinction between Palestinians and Hamas. Therefore, an attack on the civilian population in Gaza is an attack on terrorists. Do I have that right? Because it sure seems like that's the excuse for killing innocent Palestinians, women, and children who clearly are not members of Hamas. But they're dead anyway because Israel said they were human shields. And anyway, what even is an innocent Palestinian? Or as Republican Zionist from Florida, no big shocker there, Brian Mast put it when he recently used the House floor as his own dehumanizing Palestinians platform. You know, I think when we look at this as a whole, I would encourage the other side to not so lightly throw around the idea of innocent Palestinian civilians, as is frequently said. Uh, I don't think we would so lightly throw around the term innocent Nazi civilians during World War II of what somebody might just call a rank-and-file Gazan or a rank-and-file person in the West Bank or just a Palestinian that maybe they don't say falls under that name of Hamas or, or, or Palestinian Islamic Jihad, but by any classical definition would absolutely be considered a terrorist. Yeah, thanks a lot, Florida, because you are clearly not sending your best to Capitol Hill. Uh, but that's another story. This notion that there is no distinction between Palestinians and Hamas is not arbitrary, folks. It's conditioning. Israel doesn't give a shit about the Palestinian people. I talked about that earlier when I discussed their final solution document. They want the land. The Gaza Strip is prime real estate for, mm, I don't know, the end of a canal project Israel has been wanting to start really soon and planning for, I don't know, God knows how long. In fact, according to Haaretz, an Israeli news outlet, plans for what is called the Ben-Gurion Canal were being discussed as early as this year. The only problem is the end of the canal where it would meet the Mediterranean Sea would have to be right in the middle of what we know as the Gaza Strip. And until October 7th, there were 2.3 million people living there. How in the world would you displace 2.3 million people from a piece of land you previously forced them to squeeze into? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe it's better if you hear it from the spokes asshole for the Israeli Defense Forces who said this on live television during an interview with CNN's Wolf Blitzer. So can you confirm it was an Israeli attack that uh, destroyed a big chunk of that Jabalia refugee camp? Yes, I can. But even if that uh, uh, Hamas commander was there amidst all those Palestinian refugees who are in that, uh, in that Jabalia refugee camp, Israel still went ahead and, and dropped the bomb there? It's a very complicated battle space. There could be infrastructure there. But you know that there are a lot of refugees, a lot of innocent civilians, men, women, and children in that refugee camp as well, right? This is the tragedy of war, Wolf. I mean, we, as you know, we've been saying for days, move south. Civilians that are not involved with Hamas, please move south. They are hiding themselves within civilian population. And again, we are doing this stage by stage, and we're going to go after every one of these terrorists who was involved in that heinous attack on the 7th of October. And there you have it, folks, straight from the genocider's mouth. Israel will not stop until every last Palestinian is either relocated to Egypt or buried under rubble.
because they're all Hamas or they're all human shields. Or maybe there's a tunnel under their apartment building or the grocery store or a hospital or the place where they worship. See, it doesn't matter who you kill when everyone is a terrorist. The question is, are Americans okay with their tax dollars and their loved ones in the military going to either fund or fight for the systematic genocide of a group of people who just so happen to be the victims of a 57 years old occupation, a completely different and not at all local country decided to impose upon them? Yeah, I'm talking to you, Britain. And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. You can follow the show on social media wherever you can find us. This Week Again is available for your listening pleasure on all your favorites like iHeart, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, or basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this show and to Dur for now.